We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. assistant NBA editor Alex Barutha. Alex, we have some major news to discuss. Reggie Jackson is re-signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, In other news, late Wednesday night, the Houston Rockets flipped Russell Westbrook for John Wall and a protected future first-round pick. We'll dive into that deal, have some reaction, uh, talk about what it means for both players' fantasy value, maybe not a massive change, at least on the surface, Um, and, you know, the other ramifications uh, of that deal for Houston and Washington. And then we'll get into both LeBron James and Anthony Davis re-signing with the Lakers. Uh, both moves expected. Uh, LeBron, though, committing to a two-year deal, maybe a little bit uh, you know, less of an expected move than Davis uh, re-upping for, for four plus one. But 
I want to start with the the Wizards and the Rockets. This is a deal that had been rumored for the last three, four weeks, but never to the point where you actually thought that, you know, it was going to happen anytime soon. I, I think it, it would have been a lot less shocking to me if this deal went down a month from now or at the trade deadline. You know, once once we had a chance to A, see John Wall on an NBA basketball court, see what he looks like, and B, uh, maybe get a little more clarity on on James Harden's future in Houston. But, you know, the Rockets went ahead and, and pulled the trigger. And I think this is almost equally surprising from Washington's perspective, if only because they've been so vocal about wanting to keep John Wall and wanting to unite him with Bradley Beal. You know, Tommy Shepard said at, at their informal media day earlier this week, like, no, we're not trading him. We haven't talked about it. Um, and obviously that was all completely false. That was a lie. And John Wall is, is now paired with James Harden and DeMarcus Cousins uh, with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Um, it sounds like from what Shams Sharania reported that, you know, the Rockets and the Wizards, they kind of let they kind of let things settle for like weeks. Like they made the initial call, then didn't speak about it again for like half a month at least. And then got on the phone and got the deal done within a couple hours. Um, and I assume those couple hours were just like pick protections and like, you know, I want Thomas Bryant. You're not getting Thomas Bryant, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> we that's need Isaac be yeah, we <laughs> Garrison Matthews available. I, I think from Washington's perspective, yeah, it's, it's weird to like give away your like franchise player basically, but, um, it sounded like he wanted out after the rumors surfaced that they were thinking about trading him. Um, mm-hmm. so that put them in a weird spot overall. I think, I mean, I think Washington, probably won the trade i don't think it's a major win but you get a guy who is at least not hasn't missed like two years with a achilles injury right um and you know by all accounts is still basically an all all nba player you pair him with bradley beal and you have a shot to make the playing tournament in the east right and i think with john wall they were in that position i, I think with russell westbrook your floor is raised a little bit higher like you said you, you don't have the extreme risk of a 30-year-old player who hasn't played in two calendar years coming off of an Achilles. I mean, there, there's a route in, in which that goes horribly wrong, and you're one of the worst teams in the NBA. You know, Westbrook hasn't exactly been a, a beacon of health himself, but he does, he's not coming off a torn Achilles. And, you know, I, I think he and, and Wall are, you know, at their best at this stage, fairly comparable, but I think Westbrook is still the better player. And, and again, he comes with so much less risk. So if you're the Wizards and your goal at, at this stage is just stay relevant, keep Bradley Beal semi-happy, make some progress this year, you know, don't finish 14th in the Eastern Conference. I think Russell Westbrook definitely helps you accomplish that goal. And I, I think Bradley Beal is a good player uh, to pair with Russell Westbrook. And and that says more about Beal and, and how well he would fit around just about anyone. But you kind of need these specialized, if, if Russell Westbrook is going to be your, your second star, your first star has to fit around him. And with James Harden, you know, it, it kind of worked, uh, but you know, it was kind of a my turn, your turn dynamic. And I, I could see this being a little bit of a better partnership with Bradley Beal. You know, in Houston, I, I don't know what to think. This It's going to be such a strange fit and we don't we don't have a lot of time to to analyze it. Um, you know, James Harden is still going to be James Harden. I don't think John Wall really changes that. I, I think it's going to be a pretty similar dynamic to what we saw uh, with with Wall and Westbrook or excuse me, with Harden and Westbrook last season. You know, I, I think Wall, in theory, offers maybe a little bit more spacing. Uh, but at the same time, he's he's played 
point guard specifically his entire career, you know, all the way on up. He's never really been asked to move off the ball. He had that guy in you know, Bradley Beal to play off the ball. So, you know, James Harden is, is not going to just suddenly shift over to shooting guard and, and be fine, you know, taking spot ups that clearly has been borne out over the last three years playing alongside other point guards and, and Paul and Westbrook. So, you know, what, what do you think this means looking at it from a fantasy perspective for, for both of these guys? Uh, for Harden, I mean, some of it depends on what Steven Silas does with the offense. I still think Harden will be, you know, obviously he's going to be the focal point of the offense. There's still going to be a lot of isolation plays. They'll probably run a lot more pick and roll um, now that they have Christian Wood. So I'm not expecting a ton of change um, for Harden necessarily. I mean, it's conceivable that his numbers drop. It's also conceivable his numbers go up, right? Wall may not be available for a ton of games. Mm-hmm. Um, he may not be a hundred percent. And if that's the case, the team might be sort of worse. He's also um, a lower usage player than Westbrook. Right. Um, for wall, I'm just, I mean, aside from the injury concerns, which are real, if he's going to be off ball more then his assists could go down, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged the fewest assists per game of his career, which I think would be like seven and a half or seven. Um, I think he might take more threes than ever um i think he's averaged about four or five over the past three or four years so i could see his threes going up to five or six i could see his assists going down um you know i think he has to just make an impact as a three-point shooter and a defender which is really weird to say about one of the best distributors that we've seen over the past you know half decade or so um but it's tough coming back from an injury and the like he's coming back from the one of the most devastating injuries you can suffer and is on a role that he has never played before probably in his entire life Right. And he's going to have less than three weeks to, you know, not only adjust to a new system, but like literally move from D.C. to Houston. You know, it's like at what point do you actually get settled? And, you know, it was already going to be somewhat of a dicey return, given the injury and given the layoff. And now throwing in, you know, moving to a different city, um, I, I think just complicates that even further. So a really weird deal. You know, you said last night, like this is a deal that you would make on 2K when you're bored and you're like three years into your franchise and you're just like, I, I want John Wall on my team now. I'm, I'm sick of playing with Westbrook. And that's kind of what it felt like. You know, one thing that we should note is a future first round pick goes to Houston in this deal. So, you know, it, it's somewhat fair to say, you know, I'm trading my junk for your drunk or my bad contract for your bad contract. But when you consider that a first round pick is going to Houston, you know, it means that Russell Westbrook is considered the more valuable player in this deal. Um, and I, I think that's correct at this point, especially considering the injury risk that that comes with John Wall. Uh, I want to go through the protections on that pick. So 2023 is the first year that it can convey. That year, it's lottery protected. 2024, it's top 12 protected. 25, it's top 10 protected. 26, it is top eight protected. And if it doesn't convey by 2026, it becomes two second rounders. So chances are that's, that's not going to happen. But um, you know, it's a, it's a semi-valuable pick. You know, that's something that, you know, could be the, the ninth pick in the, the 2024 draft or whatever that might be. Um, but at the same time, for Washington, you know, it's, it's fairly minimal risk. It's not like you're ever going to be giving up the, the number two overall pick in, in 2025. Yeah, Tommy Shepard did a pretty good deal of a pretty good job of making sure that the uh, protections on the pick were good. Um, and I think, I mean, again, that's kind of why I think Washington won the trade for the most part was they got Westbrook. They'll be competing in their conference. A uh, good chance to retain Bradley Beal. And they didn't really give up uh, significant picks. Mm. Um, 
I, I still have my doubts about the team to some extent, but we also haven't seen Westbrook in the East. Um, that's true. And, you know, I mean, they'll, the playing tournament also is a huge factor. If they can get into the 10th spot, they have a chance. Um, the rest of the team, I'm not super in love with, although I like Bertans and I like Thomas Bryant. Um, if Hachimura takes a step, that will be big for them. Uh, but yeah, just kind of a, it's just a really strange trade. Like guys whose values were at all time lows and they got trade for each other. So how for Washington, does this make them the favorite for the eight or, you know, if if we're assuming Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Indiana, Miami, Philly, Brooklyn, you know, barring a catastrophe for any of those seven teams, they're, they're probably the top seven in some order. How do you view Washington when you compare it to, you know, Orlando, Charlotte, uh, Atlanta should be in the mix this year? Uh, you know, what, what, what is their standing now on paper? I mean, I think they're pretty much neck and neck with Atlanta in my book. I, I just can't I can't trust Orlando. Like, I know they keep making the I know they keep making it. I just there's so much other talent like surrounding them between those two teams and Chicago. And I wouldn't be shocked if Chicago uh, was able to sneak into the eighth seed either um i think I, I would put them on pretty equal footing with like atlanta for sure um but again chicago's in that mix for me too all right so from houston's perspective um does this change how you feel about the rockets going into the season at all or, or does it all kind of hinge on whether james harden actually wants to be there and ultimately plays out the season there that has a lot to do with it i mean their floor is way lower like you mentioned like if wall is only available for like 40 to 45 games and he's playing at like 75% in the new role. It's like that team is not going to look great. And Eric Gordon also has his, like if Eric Gordon and John wall both miss, you know, combined like 35 games or something like that, it's going to be rough for them. And the Christian yeah. Wood signing helps, but it doesn't help. A, like it's not going to vault them into a new like tier <laughs> of, of Western conference teams. I don't have any proof on this, but I'm pretty sure for the last like five years, Eric Gordon has missed 26 games and then signed a new four year, $80 million deal every <laughs> offseason. Like it just, people just seem to gloss right over that. Um, I I think with Houston, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised they make this deal. I don't know what the relationship is between Harden and wall. You know, you would imagine that given what they've said, given their, their public stance, you know, John or uh, James Harden would have to sign off on this to some degree. Um, it's not a move you make. I think if, if Harden says, I'd rather play with Westbrook, I don't think you make this deal if, if you're the Rockets. But at the same time, if, if I'm putting myself in James Harden's shoes, I don't look at this roster and say like, all right, I feel so much better about this now. You know, if anything, it's a wash. And I think, you know, again, based on the fact that a pick's coming to Houston, there's a case to be made that they probably lose this deal, at least in the short term. Yeah. And I, I mean, it may have been a case where, you know, Westbrook and Hargan didn't want to play together anymore. And they just, the Rockets come to Hargan and they're like, these are the offers that we have for Westbrook. Like Mm -hmm. they're awful. The best person we can get is John Wall. Like that's really all we have. So are you, are you cool with that or not? Like, like I feel like that's probably most likely what happened. Um, And so I, I mean, you'd probably rather play with John Wall than whatever just random, even, I don't even know what other teams wanted Westbrook. So. Yeah, I mean, you heard like Orlando, you could maybe build a deal around like Aaron Gordon or Markel Fultz, something of that, you know, ilk. But again, not not anybody that's going to make James Harden suddenly feel great about staying in Houston forever. I, I will say I don't, you know, the, the Harden stuff aside, you know, when your superstar player asks out, 
uh, that that's a pretty big issue for a franchise. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago that a lot of people thought Houston was going to knock off the Lakers in round two of the playoffs. You know, I, I think people talk about Harden and Westbrook like it was a complete disaster last year. And really, that wasn't the case at all. You know, I, I think they collapsed in the playoffs. I think not having a big man against the Lakers specifically really did them in. They had some bad shooting performances in that series. But, you know, it wasn't like this was a terrible team last year. I think if they had run it back with with Westbrook and Harden, there's still a case that they're a top five, top six team in the Western Conference just because of how much of a floor raiser James Harden is and even how much of a floor raiser Russell Westbrook is, at least in the regular season. So, I, I again, again, from Houston's perspective, I don't necessarily get it. You know, I, I think even if you're getting peak John Wall, that's not you know enough to push this team over the top. Um, and maybe we'll find out there was something more behind the scenes that that prompted them to deal Westbrook when they did. Yeah, I just I they got exposed pretty bad by the Lakers in the playoffs. And I feel like the book was kind of out on how to how to defend them because OKC almost upset them with right. like some of the worst offensive playoff basketball that you can even remember. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I think they had to, I mean, they could have just ran it back, but neither of those guys were going to be happy doing that. And I don't know, they are making moves geared towards the future, right? So they get a first round pick with wall and then they end up trading Covington to the Blazers for, mm-hmm. was it two firsts? Two future firsts. Yeah. Including yeah. one that was in this past draft. Right. And they got Trevor Ariza and then they signed Christian Wood, who, Christian Wood is a perfect signing for them because it bridges the gap, right? If they want to stay right. competitive, he, he works. If they want to tank, he could be their one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are making moves tilted towards a future without James Harden, I think. I still think the Rockets are a playoff team. If if Harden plays out the season in Houston and Wall stays relatively healthy, you know, we keep forgetting like, Christian Wood would have easily been their third best player last year. You still have P.J. Tucker. You know, losing Covington is is big, but, you know, not irreplaceable. Uh, I, I I still think they have a chance to be kind of the same team as last year. Um, but does this does this change, you know, if you're James Harden, does this change like how you feel about the roster in the short term? Like, are you if you are you still trying to get to Brooklyn or Philly or does having John Wall on this team, having Christian Wood, does that make you feel a little bit better of, about at least giving it a shot? Uh, no, I don't I don't think I don't I think so. <laughs> I think there are plenty of other better situations he could probably force himself into mm-hmm. and ones that project to be better. I mean, he's also, you know, he's in his prime right now, maybe late prime, I would say. So he doesn't have a ton of time. I, he's not the type of player who's going to stick with Houston and be like, well, maybe in four years we can get back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just needs to put himself in a better situation. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by Bet MGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. 
1-800-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Okay, so let's shift over to the LA Lakers. Uh, Not as much to unpack here. Uh, Like I said at the top, I I think the more surprising of the two deals, uh, and, and both were surprising in their own ways, but yeah, LeBron didn't have to commit to two years. Um, you know, he's still under contract through through this coming season, and then you know two more now. On top of that, he didn't have to commit to that at all. And this kind of goes against how LeBron has operated for most of his career, contract-wise. You know, always trying to maintain leverage, always looking ahead to, you know, whether you know early in his career he would he was willing to to take minor pay cuts to allow roster moves to happen. Um, and he's kind of moved past that, and it, it seems like this is a a security play. In some ways, not that LeBron James needs any more money at this point. Like, I, I do think it's kind of funny when people say that. Like, I, I, obviously, he he wants the money, but I don't, he doesn't need any of this money at this point. Uh, $85 million is, it's crazy to say, but kind of a drop in the bucket for LeBron. But it, it, it gives him a minor uh, annual raise. I think he was due to make, like, $41 million, uh next season. And now, you know, that'll be bumped up a little bit. Uh, but I, I think the more important thing is it gives a little bit more security to Anthony Davis who, you know, this morning agreed to a five-year extension, 190 million with the Lakers. It's a four plus one. Um, and it, it eliminates the the risk, I guess, for Davis of something happening this year, LeBron, you know, piecing out in free agency and all of a sudden, you know, Davis is, is in LA, which there are worse places to be, but he'd kind of be there alone. So uh, I think this was kind of a subtle way for, for each of those guys to, to show support to each other uh, about their, their short-term futures. And that makes sense, right? They're just coming off the NBA title. Right. They played extremely well together. Um, Abago as well as LeBron has played with any other teammate and they got better. I, I mean, I've heard some people like argue whether or not they got significantly better in free agency, which I think is like, in, I mean, to me, that's insane. Like you, you add Schroeder and Harrell, who are the two six man of the year candidates. I know Harrell kind of got exposed in the playoffs, but that team was he did the from everything we've heard about the Clippers. Nobody outside, like nobody even wanted to play for that team. Like they hated right. it there. So, here, so here's what I'll say about that. For one, the bar was set pretty low last year. Like this Lakers roster was not good outside of LeBron and Davis. Yeah. It was a pretty bad roster, and I, I think in the modern NBA at least in the last like five or six years, that roster doesn't compare to a lot of the teams that have won the title. Obviously the two stars at the top are, are as good as any, but most of the teams that have won have had a lot better depth than the Lakers have had. So, so on one hand, they had a lot of room to improve. And I also think the bar for improvement because of all the player movement and stars changing teams has been set really high that, you know, getting Dennis Schroeder and getting Montrez Harrell and getting Marcus All. Is, is kind of like a, eh, yeah, that, that's, that's okay, but you didn't get another all-star, you know, because so many other teams are able to acquire an all-star or, you know, we've year after year, we see, you know, a, a team get Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard in the same summer. So I think when you compare it to some of the other teams that have like, quote unquote, loaded up in free agency, it kind of pales in comparison. But when you compare it to the 2019-20 Lakers roster, I'm with you, it's it's night and day. I, I, I've i said before, I'm a little skeptical about Marc Gasol. I, I think he looked extremely washed up for almost all of last season and you know not bringing back both Dwight and JaVale you don't have a ton of center depth but the counter to that is well if you need him to Anthony Davis can just play center and then you're totally fine yeah it's just I think he's just there to fill minutes in the regular season mostly and then if things get weird in the playoffs you can throw him out there because he's still a great veteran he'll probably be a good locker room guy he'll probably keep guys in check right Mm -hmm. um and so like Dwight did 
Yeah, exactly like Dwight did. And Dwight's gonna be doing that in Philly. You know, he's gonna hold. <laughs> he's got some. He's got plenty of post moves to show Joel. That's not gonna uh, go well. I just I want to get out in front of that. I don't think that's gonna go well. Neither do I. Um, I I think the Lakers did incredible this off season. I I don't know what what you more you could have expected. I wouldn't have even yeah. expected this from the Lakers. We we talked about on one of our podcasts trading giving Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I still didn't think it was going to happen. I would say the Lakers, looking at it from LeBron's perspective personally, I think this is the first time that he will go into a season with unquestionably the best team on paper since 2013, 2014. I don't know how people felt about yeah. that last version of the Heat when when Wade was kind of falling apart. But it's it's been a while since he's really been on the clear best team. and And even last year... And I was one of those people. I would I would have leaned towards the Clippers. I thought they had a better roster. Um, and this year, you know, if if the Nets get James Harden in the next three weeks, maybe that'll change. Um, but you know, they're they're the favorites for a reason. And I, I think what makes the Lakers offseason a little better is you know the Clippers did okay. They added Serge Ibaka. They made some minor moves. They overpaid for Marcus Morris. Is like it's there wasn't one other team that got dramatically better. You know, a lot of the other contenders either kind of stayed the same or or made improvements on the margins. Yeah, I agree. And even the Clippers, those locker room issues, I don't know if they're going away, right? No. Um, between Kawhi and Paul George and everybody else on the team, plus paying Marcus Morris $60 million. Um, so that stuff's not going to go away. I I mean, and a lot of this team's got worse, right? A lot, of, a lot of teams in the league who were ready to kind of make the leap or like really compete with the Lakers <laughs> got worse. Denver got worse. Houston got worse. Right. Milwaukee stayed the same. They might be one of the only teams, but Boston, I think, got worse. Toronto got worse. Miami stayed the same. Um, I think they kind of they're they're in a tier of their own. I think LA right. right now. That's a good point. You know, I think we'd feel a lot differently if Denver had been able to get like Brad Beal. You know, a team that pushed yeah. the Lakers in in the West Finals last year. Uh, a lot, like you said, a lot of those teams stayed the same. So even though the Lakers didn't have like the greatest offseason of all time, you know, when you make a B B plus level additions like they did and and everyone else is making like C plus additions that that really pushes you over the top. So, I mean, the security too, of, of having Davis locked in, having LeBron locked in, I mean, I, I, very quietly, LeBron was about to go into an expiring contract season, which, you know, normally that's like the top storyline in the league. You know, there's been a few times throughout his career where it's just turned into a complete circus and obviously things change when you win the title, but had they not won the title last year, like let's say they flame out and lose to Denver, you know, in the West finals, I don't think LeBron is committing to this deal, you know, two years, 85 mil and just locking himself in. I, I think there would be even more pressure put on the organization and, and LeBron wouldn't be willing to, uh, you know, to kind of put his own interest to the side like this. Yeah, this is about like the best possible scenario. I think LeBron could have found himself in at age 35, right? Like best even conceivable. He's in L.A. He gets to watch his son play basketball. He right. just won a title. He's set up with Anthony Davis. The roster got better. Like how, how could have, what else would there have been? So I think you're right. I, and I, I meant to bring this up. Um, I think it was on the ringer pod, <clears throat> excuse me, last night, they, they mentioned kind of the same thing of like, you know, he's in the best basketball situation. I, I think that is true, especially when you consider the family aspects, you know, he owns two homes in Los Angeles, you know, that there's, you know, a lot of pull to him being there. But do you think that if he became a free agent this coming off season, like after this year, just straight up became a free agent. Is there somewhere else that would be, that would give him a better chance to win, say two titles in the next four years? You know, um, like what, what if he is essentially in the position that Harden is in and, you know, could go to a team like Philly or, you know, theoretically could he go to Brooklyn? You know, I mean, 
it would be weird. And I, I think there, I, I think if his only goal was to win a title and not care about how it would look and what his role would be, I think there maybe might, might be a better spot where he could stack the deck. But in terms of him being the man and living the lifestyle that he wants, I think LA is clearly the best spot. Yeah, I agree. I think there are places, I think there are other teams where LeBron would be a, like just as much of a favorite to win the title as LA. If he forced himself to Denver or something or Milwaukee yeah, or Brooklyn there, I mean, any other team, right? Like and the I mean, biggest thing would be, he'd be eliminating the Lakers as a contender while going somewhere else. You know, yeah. much like, like when KD left the Thunder, it's like, you're not only is he making one team stronger, he's eliminating arguably their best competition. Right. Like any team in the top five, if they were to add LeBron and retain muscle to other talent. So right. I, I see, I see that point, but I just think like he's, he set this up so perfectly for himself right. and it worked out insanely well. Um, it's, it's hard to believe actually. Yeah. Usually there would be more drama. You know, this is, this is around the time that Kyrie Irving would just out of nowhere, ask for a trade or, you know, Kevin Love would start to decline rapidly. Right. Um, yeah, I I think this is probably the best overall team that he's had around him probably since the 2016 Cavs. And even a lot of the depth pieces that they were relying on, on that team, like Richard Jefferson played big minutes in the NBA finals that year, you know, Channing Frye was a huge role player for that team who, kind of got played off the floor later in the playoffs. Like they had depth, but it, it wasn't great depth. J.R. Smith was the starting shooting guard on that team. Yeah, this is a, this is a good situation for him. I, I don't know. I did, the more I think about it, it's, it, it continues to be crazy how good he's playing, how old he is, how he's probably going to end up being the leading scorer in NBA history. Um, he might end up playing with his son. Um, cause I think his doesn't his contract just go through, doesn't he become a free agent when his, when Brownie can get drafted? Is that how it's set up? So his son is a sophomore right now, which would mean he'd be eligible for the 2023 draft. Assuming by that point, you know, you know, you'll, you'll be able to go right out of high school. Yeah. I think that would set him up, right? I think so. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't really like it's also worth noting that Bronny James is like not the number one prospect in his class at this point, right. And it's by no means a lock to, to be a one and done. Still, I mean, that would be, I mean, I, I think, I think that's going to happen or at least they both be in the league at the same time. I think yeah. that's going to happen. Not that they'll necessarily play together, but that when that happens, that'll be one of the, I mean, that'll be one of the biggest moments in sports history. Yeah. I, I think if nothing else, like even if Bronny, you know, ends up plateauing as a prospect and he's like a three star as a senior, I still think he's going to get a spot, but much like LiAngelo Ball, you know, just signed a camp deal with, <laughs> with the Pistons. Like that, that is exactly what will happen. Like there is no way, like the Lakers are rostering Giannis's brother for no other yeah. reason than like, Hey, just in case, like they, they will find a spot for him. And the, the Lakers will take him with the 60th overall pick if it comes to that. Yeah, they are. They're just putting rings on, on Giannis's brother's finger so he can go right. show Giannis and be like, wouldn't you like one of these? Yeah. And what, and according to Instagram this summer, I think that that worked out pretty well. All right. We'll cap this one here. Uh, you know, normally we'd go for another like 45 minutes rambling about Tony Snell's fantasy value, but uh, this will just be a quick one. Uh, you'll be back uh, for the return of the Friday pod with Ken and Shannon tomorrow. Is that right? That is right. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.